public resources being wasted on political PR. We ask Emma-Louise Powell, the Democratic Alliance's Shadow Minister of International Relations and Cooperation. Welcome, Emma. Hi, thanks for having me. Please give us some examples of extravagance at first the recent BRIC summit that you have become aware of. Well, it's to be expected from the incumbents in government Uh, Last week, uh, 45 members of the South African Parliament were uh, requested to attend the ninth BRICS Parliamentary Forum that was held in Joburg. And I have to say from having attended as an observer, uh, the DA did not make any substantive uh, contributions to any of the the, the dialogues. We we merely observed the forum, uh, that it was essentially an exercise in PR uh, the ANC's complete disregard for professionalism, timekeeping, organization, as well as um, quite underwhelming representation from BRICS member states has meant that the forum was, in our view, little more than a propaganda talk shop. Uh, we also know from a parliamentary question uh, that was released yesterday, uh, that was answered by Police Minister Becky Clearly uh, to one of my colleagues in the National Council of Provinces, that for the actual BRICS summit itself, more than 75 million rand was spent on deploying police officers to that summit. Now, I think it's also important to point out there that all of these foreign delegations, uh, the, the president of, of course, China, Brazil, India, uh, they all bring with them their own security contingent. So essentially, these uh, more than 5,000 police officers were deployed to keep our ANC at Cater's safe, while people across South Africa uh, continue to deal with rampant violence, uh, rising crime rates, and uh, a scourge of crime that doesn't seem uh, to be abating anytime soon. Just going back to the forum last week, there were some interesting incidents Please share some details with us. It was, um, it was, as I say, essentially an anti-Western propaganda talk shop. What I found very interesting uh, was that when the BRICS summit took place and the conversation around expansion of BRICS uh, happened, and it was agreed that a number of member states, including Iran um, and the, the UAE, uh, would, would be joining uh, it was agreed that those member states uh, would be joining from January. Now, what I found fascinating was to see that uh, at the recent summit, whilst India, China, Brazil, uh, Russia and South Africa are current members of BRICS and countries like uh, Iran are still only going to join, that those countries were actually invited uh, in this year to participate in the parliamentary forum. Uh, it was also very interesting to see that um, whilst Iran brought a, a large delegation uh, and it was led by the Speaker of the Iranian Parliament, that the Iranian Parliament is called the National Consultative Assembly because, as we know, Iran is the theocratic dictatorship. And um, the Speaker there, Mohammad uh, Khalibaf, who is the Speaker of that Parliament, delivered a vitriolic diatribe against the West as part of his opening remarks. He spoke about things like using BRICS to counter NATO expansionism. Uh, There were a couple of dog whistles to uh, theocratic doctrines, such as uh, a call to use BRICS to return to what he termed moral and spiritual principles. 
Um, and essentially, after having delivered that vitriolic diatribe, uh, the Iranian delegation essentially disappeared from sight. Um, there was an extravagant gala dinner that was hosted on the first night. It was obviously intended to be a showcase of unity and camaraderie. Uh, the dinner started over an hour late. Uh, India joined for a few minutes and then went and had dinner elsewhere. Iran failed to attend. Only a handful of Chinese representatives showed up. Uh, Saudi Arabia was uh, notably absent. Uh, Brazil, very interesting. We know that um, under Lula da Silva, uh, with the transition of power from Bolsonaro to Lula da Silva, there's been reform that's been happening in Brazil. I'm not sure how closely uh, their, uh, the direction in which Lula da Silva is taking that nation aligns to uh, the political rhetoric that's coming out of the BRICS forum. And the Brazilian delegation only sent two delegates. And so there was notable disinterest from member states in this shambolic event. Whilst millions were spent, we have submitted parliamentary questions. We're in recess. They'll be answered soon. Uh, and I think that ultimately, for me, the refrain here is that BRICS is really not achieving altogether very much. It's essentially a talk shop. It's becoming a conglomerate of nations uh, that essentially are dog whistling to uh, narratives around countering what they perceive as Western hegemony, but altogether not not achieving uh, very much. I think something else that's quite important to note from the South African perspective, and it is absolutely what something that we consider to be positive, is the refusal by big business uh, when having been approached uh, by Parliament to provide sponsorship to the forum. Can you tell us how many businesses were approached and how many um, declined? So we were, as South African members of Parliament, uh, called to a last-minute briefing session on Sunday night last weekend, um, and a presentation was delivered to us by the organizing committee. There were 13 companies that were approached for uh, what they called resource mobilization, which is essentially another word for sponsorships. There were 13 companies, MTN, Vodacom, Telcom, Interestingly, a European company, Volkswagen, um, Adapt IT, Nedbank, Accenture, Brand SA, Petro SA, Distill, Macro. And of those 13 companies, a number of them uh, gave overt um, responses where they declined. Companies, of course, like Volkswagen and Telcom uh, and Nedbank. Uh, and a number of companies just didn't respond. There was one a company that provided, it was a, a fan park, essentially, um, there was a social uh, tour that was organized for the Friday where um, the delegation was taken to things like uh, to, to, to places like Freedom Park and Lion Parks and things. And there was one organization that provided 80 tickets. The remaining 12 of the 13 companies uh, uh, declined. And I think that that is indicative of um, concerns and potentially reservations around uh how useful it is uh, from an economic and a trade perspective for South Africa to be cozying up to nations like uh, the likes of Iran and, of course, Russia. I think something else that the audience may find quite interesting is that the Russian delegation failed to arrive. So we were informed that um, uh, the Russians would be physically attending uh, a, a Russian um, media company, RAI, put out a media statement on the 20th of September to say that 
Their delegation would be led by the Vice Speaker of the Federation Council, Konstantin Kozachev, and it was the first time that this parliamentary forum would be meeting in person for a number of years. Uh, we received flight details of, of, of when that delegation was supposed to land on South African tarmac, and uh, when the rubber hit the road and the proceedings began, um, Mr. Kozachev popped up on video link. He gave his apologies for not being able to attend in person, noting that uh, apparently the Russian council had plenaries last week, which was quite interesting given the press statement that had come out of Russia the week before. And I think that um, we've obviously got suspicions given the significant number of sanctions that Mr. Kozachev is facing. There are sanctions. Anyone can go and check on open sanctions from countries like France, Switzerland, Australia, New Zealand against Mr. Kozachev uh, for various matters relating to his role on the Foreign Affairs Committee in the Russian Kremlin and what's going on in Ukraine, as well as various, um, you could say, allegations related to uh, the corruption that goes on with the Russian oligarchy. So I think it was very interesting that the Russians themselves didn't attend either. So what you're saying, uh, this BRICS parliamentary forum was an expensive waste of time. Well, it very much seemed like that. Uh, so day one was simply opening remarks. And as I say, uh, some very vitriolic comments coming out of Iran uh, with regards to the West. South Africa walked a, a very tightrope. Uh, Deputy President Paul Mashatile delivered opening remarks uh, and I think erroneously quoted from <clears throat> the NATO Mutual Defense Charter. I presume that was a mistake uh, on the part of his um, speechwriter. It was, it was humorous, if not concerning. Um, the Iranians delivered comments, the Russians delivered comments. Brazil was very focused on things like technology and food security. Uh, and on day two, there were a number of breakaway forums. There were forums that were related to energy security, climate change, um, the use of uh, or, or the usefulness of multilateralism, and then, of course, peace and security. It was very interesting to uh, see nations that are actively involved uh, in transgressing the United Nations Charter participate in the Forum on uh, Peace and Security. It was the forum that I attended. Uh, and then after those um, breakaway sessions, each nation was uh, requested to give a, a, a feed or a rapporteur was, was expected to give feedback. Ultimately, it was a talk shop. Uh, there was then a memorandum signed it was a memorandum that had not been workshopped with the members of the South African delegation. That's why the DA has said that it's essentially an ANC memorandum. It was essentially a reiteration of things like um, uh, the BRICS commitment to uh, strengthening South-to-South -South, uh, cooperation, um, some dog whistles to the strengthening of trading currencies in the Global South, there was a, a little bit about um, a commitment to the United Nations Charter, which, of course, is a joke in light of uh, member states of BRICS. Uh, and that was not workshop. So essentially, the forum achieved altogether absolutely nothing. Uh, Parliament, of course, paid for everybody's hotel accommodation, two extravagant dinners, meal vouchers, huge amounts of security, pump and ceremony. Um, and in light of where we are from a financial perspective in South Africa, we're sitting at the edge of a fiscal cliff. We see what's been going on with um, Sasa grants, the Post Bank. Uh, we're soon going to be in a position in the next three to four years where if we don't rein in our spending, we will begin defaulting on government debt. 
And in light of this, it is absolutely outrageous that the incumbent government still thinks that it's uh, appropriate to be hosting these lavish talk shops that essentially disincentivize uh, our Western partners from investing in this country. Uh, and we see that um, now having a, a direct impact on what corporate South Africa is willing to uh, associate themselves with. Thank you. That was Emma Louise Powell, the Democratic Alliance's Shadow Minister of International Relations and Cooperation, speaking to Business News about the waste of public resources on international political PR. Thank you, Emma. Thank you. Thanks for having me.